Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb. And this is where you'll receive encouragement, insight, and information that you need to raise kids of character and our culture saturated with media and technology. We call it Brave Parenting because it takes courage and hard work to not only keep on top of changing technology, but then decide how you will incorporate that into your family's life. Our ultimate goal here is to keep you educated and equipped to raise your tech-savvy kids. Welcome to today's show. All right, today we're going to be talking about in news, one teenager tweeting from her smart fridge as well as an Instagram influencer posting her Instagram versus reality pics. Our character focus today will be on the virtue of courage. Our app focus will be on monkey. We have lots to say about that. And in our family focus, we're going to be talking about the value of face-to-face communication. Jumping into newsworthy topics this week, one teenager made headlines and achieved viral stardom as she apparently tweeted from her family's smart fridge. The 15-year-old claimed that her mother had disciplined her several weeks before after she got too distracted while cooking and caused a fire. She says, quote, my mom took all my tech so I'd pay more attention to my surroundings. I felt mortified. I was worried because I've been bored all summer and Twitter passes the time for me. Well, this 15-year-old known as Dorothy on Twitter runs a self-described fan account where she primarily tweets about Ariana Grande. She says that she was worried about losing her, quote, mutuals. And those are accounts that she follows and that follows her back. So she devised other ways to get her tweets out. So first she starts by using her Nintendo DS and she says to the world via Twitter, hey guys, OMG, my mom is at work, so I'm looking for my phone, wish me luck. Then she sends another tweet out and says, my mom took my phone and my Nintendo DS, so I have no choice now but to use my Wii. Thank you for all the love and support. Finally, Dorothy sends a tweet out that she says was from her LG smart refrigerator. And she says, quote, I'm talking to my fridge, what the heck? Well, as this continued to grow viral, even the hashtag free Dorothy became popular and trending on Twitter. However, after this became big news, it was found out that the refrigerator tweet, after experts had examined the metadata, was actually not sent from the fridge and was actually manually created. Experts say that The tweets would have been sent from a browser and it wouldn't have actually said it was sent from the LG smart refrigerator because of the way that that works. Even though some LG smart refrigerators do have social media accessibility. What's interesting is that Dorothy claims that her followers had increased from 500 to over 30,000 since her story went viral. So as parents reading this story, first we can look at these kids They have so much determination to get on their social media because they feel like the world absolutely needs their opinion. And bless this girl, she was certain that her 500 followers needed to hear her tweets about Ariana Grande. Some people may look at this and say, oh, she was really courageous. I would say this is pathologically pursuing a reward. This is sort of that dependency that we get concerned about when we think of kids on social media, that she's so much determined to have her voice heard on Twitter that she is faking it in order to gain this stardom. And well, she achieved it. 
She actually did do that. All right, moving on. One Instagram influencer started posting her Instagram versus reality pics. In order to show what happens behind the scenes for one influencer, Rianne Meyer, who has more than 397,000 followers, started sharing two images rather than just one in many of her posts. So the first photo is always the perfectly posed, gorgeous pic that we come to expect from the app Instagram. It has all of these influencers and you think, wow, they look this good all of the time. Well, Rianne's goal is to show the world what it looks like behind the scenes, what it takes to get that perfect picture. So the second photo she posts are outtakes from the same exact shoot to show how much work goes into capturing each picture. She says that since sharing the outtakes from her photo shoots, she's gotten support from thousands of people commenting on her posts. She says that she's found her voice through this project and she wants to continue building a community around this that builds on this positive message. And we couldn't agree with Rien more. This is a positive message to be put out there, especially in the Instagram world, because young girls who maybe are just new to Instagram, especially who don't have a lot of self-esteem or self-confidence or really have their self-worth established, can see these pictures of these influencers and think this is completely natural and that these girls look like this all the time. And several of Rianne's pictures are actually quite hysterical to see what she looks like when she's not perfectly posed and edited to be in the best light. However, at the same time, she probably achieved the same type of viral stardom that our teenager tweeting from her smart fridge did as well. So whether or not she did it to really show authenticity or to have it as like a marketing strategy in order to grow her followers, either way she did. But this is definitely a positive message that we can be sending. I think this is a great idea if your child wants to be on Instagram is to look at accounts like Rianne's, and there's several out there, who post reality versus this perfected picture because that's the true nature of every picture that is on Instagram. Nothing really is that perfect. We all know this in our real life, but it's easy to forget that when you're on Instagram. Our character focus today is going to be on the virtue of courage or being courageous. Courage means that you are being afraid, but you are acting anyway. Everybody has fears, but we look beyond those fears and we still move to action. Courage, you could say, is a habit. It's a muscle that you can exercise. And I love that definition. I particularly love this quote from Brene Brown. And she says that courage is a habit and a virtue. You get it by courageous acts. It's like you learn to swim by swimming and you can learn courage by couraging. Now, we probably don't use couraging in our everyday language with our children, but I think this is a great idea. If we've not implemented or introduced this type of concept to our kids, that small acts of courage can turn into larger, more bravery, more courage to do more great things then this is definitely something that we can begin to implement. Here are a couple ways that experts say that you can really overcome fear and step out in more courageous acts. Number one, remove aspects of the unknown. If you are going to try out for a sport that maybe you don't know that much about, you can research it before you do it. If you're going 
to visit a place that you don't know about. Maybe you're visiting another country. Obviously, you're going to research it. Whatever you can do to become more informed can take away a lot of the fear of that situation. Number two, notice every time that you're about to do something that you're scared to do, how you feel. This may sound weird, but when we can actually get in tune with those feelings and sort of talk them down, we can actually achieve a lot more courage. So when you start getting a little fearful, a little scared, get in tune to how your body's responding. Practice mindfulness and relaxation to train your mind not to go into panic mode. So say, for example, you know, our kids, they're getting ready to walk into their first day of school or they're trying out for the school play or to, you know, be first chair in their band with their instrument, whatever that looks like. Have them walk through the whole scenario and think about, well, at what point am I going to start to feel panic? Do I feel panic now? just thinking about the tryout or thinking about walking into a class and not knowing anybody. And then walk through that scenario and say, how can I calm myself down? Well, I can take deep breaths. I can think to myself, oh, this is an opportunity for me to so many new friends. Instead of thinking, oh, this is going to be terrible. I don't know anyone. Because in actuality, more people are feeling the same exact way they are. They are not alone in those, in those feelings and fears. Number three, Focus on the people or the cause that you're standing up for. A lot of times when you are wanting to do something courageous, it's different than what the rest of society or rest of your peers are actually doing. So if you're trying to stand out and stand up for something, focus on that. Why is it that you want to be the person who's running for class president? Clearly not the entire class is going to be doing that. So focus on the why. Why did that desire start in their heart and how can they see it through to fruition and not be hindered by those fears. So maybe your son is considering joining the football team, but they've never really played football, but it sounds really fun. We can focus on why is it? Well, maybe they just really want to do physical activity. Maybe they kind of want to get out there. They just want to try it one year. Focus on those good quality aspects instead of the the other fears of maybe not playing a whole lot because they've never played, they don't know the drills, they don't know the the runs. Focus on the core of what they're doing. Number four, find courage in numbers. This is so great and so perfect for our young kids because you know this is why why every young girl or even older girl really we all go to the restroom together. We have courage in numbers to stand up and walk you know across the cafeteria to the bathroom. I can do that as long as I have a friend by my side. Everything is easier with a friend. So if they are wanting to try something new, it's always easier for them to jump in and do it with a friend who shares similar ideas and desires, and they can encourage and embolden one another. And number five, find role models of courageous people. Talk about who you find inspiration from their own courage. So do you admire someone for their courageousness? Um, You can ask your children, you know, is there someone that you admire at school? Who's someone who you would say at your school is very courageous? And maybe it's someone from the past. Maybe you can talk about former leaders of our country, Martin Luther King, whoever that may be. What was about their courage that can inspire us to be courageous as well? How could we change the world if we just had a little more courage? Gen Z is posed to have the ability, right, to do whatever they set their mind to because the world 
is set up for them. They have global access. So as they grow up, encourage them. If you could do anything to change the world, what would you do? And how would you start doing that? How can you build the courage to start doing that now? I think that one of the greatest things for parents to do is to just start talking about this verb of couraging in our everyday language. For example, you, when they come home from school, you can ask them, hey, did you do anything courageous today? Did you see anybody else do anything courageous? Uh, maybe did you try something new? Did you overcome something that was scary? You know, maybe they dissected an, a, a frog or something in biology or science class. You know, that may have been kind of scary. Of course, they maybe jumped in because the rest of the class was doing it. But that could still be something they could claim as courageous. Could also ask them if there's anything that they felt fearful of in the day and how they overcome it. Talking about courage and helping them realize that they have a lot more courage than they think that they have can really help bolster this virtue. Another great aspect that incorporates into your everyday life is to talk about courageous people or characters that are in books and movies. Even if they don't love to read, and maybe they love, you know, you as a family, maybe watch a lot of movies. Every great story, whether in a book or a movie, has a hero. And that hero always encounters a struggle or somehow has to overcome an obstacle. So discuss those heroes. How did they display courage? If yourself or your child were in that situation, what would you have done? And how could you overcome fears? Similarly to how the hero in the story did, or what would you have done differently? These are everyday examples. No matter if you're watching Spider-Man or you're reading Harry Potter, there are great heroes there who are displaying courage in their everyday life that can be very relatable to our kids. And of course, every parent needs to role model courage. Talk about your own hesitations and fears. Do you have to present something at work that maybe you're a little nervous about? Share that with your kids. And then when you come home after you've done it, tell them how you overcame your own fears or hesitations. And by all means, try something new with them. Have you never rode a roller coaster and they really want to try it? You're a little nervous. They're a little nervous. Try it together. Remember that it is always best to find courage in numbers. So do that with your child and role model what couraging can look like for them. Our app focus today is going to be on the app Monkey. Now, if you haven't heard about Monkey, it is up and coming, so definitely don't want to miss out on some of these details. So our fact number one is the basics of Monkey. Monkey's tagline is, quote, make friends. So that sounds great. Let's look at the nitty-gritty. Monkey app allows kids to have fun chats with new people all over the world. The users are randomly matched with other users for a brief 15-second introductory video call. When matched with this new person, you can either add more time, both users have to mutually agree to add more time, or you can add that person on Snapchat in order to continue the conversation. They also claim that these are what you can do, some of the features that you can do within Monkey. One, you can chat or FaceTime with your favorite celebrities. You can video chat, authentic conversations with cool people, they say. You can post a moment, express yourself, and be heard in short videos. You can also DM those direct messages. Text chat, they claim low-key chat with video and text messages. 
you can group chat, and you can also redeem merchandise. So lots of features other than this video chat. One thing that I think is very interesting, and we're gonna refer back to this as we go through these different facts, is this quote from the founders of Monkey. They say, quote, we want to create a new hangout spot for Gen Z where genuine face-to-face conversations are being fostered instead of chasing brief and shallow social exchanges like collecting likes on Instagram. So they want genuine face-to-face conversations instead of chasing brief and shallow exchanges. Okay, that sounds great. I think every parent, if you read that, would agree, this is what we want. We don't want brief and shallow exchanges. We want deep, authentic conversations and relationships. So let's carry that on to fact number two, and that is the age. There are no age verification whatsoever on Monkey. So of course, they say that you cannot use the app if you are under 13 years old. They also say that if you are under the age of 18, you may use the service, but you have to do so with the approval of your parent or guardian. They say that you should also review the terms with your parent or guardian to make sure that you both agree. Interesting. They also claim Monkey pairs users based on their ages as well as other variables such as hashtags and like so that like-minded people can connect and have fun. They also say, hey, be truthful about your age and report anyone who appears to be lying. So that all sounds like normal legalese that we see amongst all of these apps. But when you're video chatting with someone where there is no age verification, this is pretty crucial. They even state that in their privacy, they say, we have no way to verify someone's age. So you essentially hold us completely not accountable if you come across someone who is not the age that they say that they are. That's a big problem. Definitely a big concern regarding monkey. Fact number three, moments. Not only can you engage in these 15 seconds chatting with new people from across the world, users can also upload creative short form videos called moments. So here I think they're taking a little aspect from TikTok where there's little short form videos that you can post and then everybody kind of watches them. So you have your video chats, but then you can upload these short videos. They claim that moments focuses on allowing people the ability to discover and be discovered immediately feeding into this fame desire for our children to be discovered, to be famous. They really desire this, and this is what they're claiming that they can do. Inside moments, you can also search different tags to find people who are talking about or relating to a different topic. A few of these tags, here's some examples. Rate me, one through 10. Hackers, LGBT, single, Roast, 420, referring to the marijuana reference. And one of my absolute favorites, (laughs) and I say this with sarcasm, is compliments. Tell me I'm cute. When we did some research on this app, we downloaded it, and it is actually quite sad how many young teen girls are posting selfie videos or just pictures of themselves, and not just their face. I mean, like half-naked pictures. 
in this tell me I'm cute category. All of them just looking for some sort of validation, looking for some recognition, right? Someone notice me, someone give me validation, tell me I'm cute, tell me I'm pretty. And this is sad because this is not what you're going to get off of an app. This is not authentic conversations as the app creators want. This isn't genuine face-to-face conversations. This is shallow and brief social exchanges. This is like collecting likes on Instagram. I'm going to put a picture up there and I want the world to tell me I'm pretty. I want the world to validate me and tell me I'm worthy. So we don't love this moment aspect at all. Fact number four, bananas. Correlating directly to their name monkey, users can collect this social currency that they call bananas. Essentially, Monkey aims to build an ecosystem within the app that fosters creativity among artists and designers. Again, very much like TikTok, where you can sort of become your own creative self and have a sort of platform that you're showcasing in your moments. They're also allowing these designers and artists to create imaginative uh, merchandise, backgrounds, and exclusive products, really that is attuned to the consumer inclinations of this younger generation. So what are they doing? They're trying to hook you into the app. They're trying to get our kids to say, this is where all the cool stuff of Gen Z is. So collect these bananas, get some free, cool, exclusive merchandise, which is virtual type stuff. It could be a real, actual, tangible piece of clothing, but a lot of times it is virtual. One article said that Monkey incorporates fashion and pop culture into its platform, allowing the brand to stay culturally relevant for its users. We have to remember that the goal of all of these apps, again, is maximum engagement and especially engagement for young people. This is where it's targeted at. This app is not targeted for 30 or 40 year olds. It's targeted for young people. And anytime we have an app that is targeted to young people, of course, it is always going to lead to predators being on this app, which leads us directly to fact number five, safety and privacy. Monkey touts that they have a 24-7 moderation team that is making sure that everyone is complying with their community guidelines. When we tested this app out, it was obvious that their 24-7 moderation team was either on lunch break or was not working because over 80% of the trending board of moments all encompassed either almost nude bottoms or breasts. But sometimes these girls were just in a very provocative pose. Some of them, it was just their face, but it was all girls. And most of them were exposing themselves in some way. So, but their community guidelines state that none of that is allowed. Of course, that's the same thing that Instagram states. It's the same thing that Snapchat states, but they all have it. It's everywhere. So I don't know how much clout we're going to give to their 24-7 moderation team. They also say, while they've got this moderation team, we also give people the power and that monkey is self-governing. And if you see something inappropriate on monkey, that you can tap the report button and it'll be reviewed within minutes by our moderation team. The question we as parents must ask is, even if it's reviewed within minutes from their moderation team, does it matter if they still saw it? Are teenagers really going to report every picture that they see that is inappropriate? It just becomes normal in their mind. When they see so many girls putting themselves out there, 
exposing themselves in such a fame-seeking, attention-seeking way. Sadly, that is changing the way that their brain sees the world and it just becomes normal to them. Privacy aspects. This is pretty big because Monkey is going to collect a lot of data from each user. To be specific, the personally identifiable information may include the name, your profile picture, date of birth, phone number, phone book content, address, email address, occupation, employer, gender, age, birthday, Instagram accounts, and friend lists, and any other social network usernames, likes, preferences, friend lists, and the number of friends you have via social networks. Parents, this is a lot of personal information that they're collecting and that they can use with their third-party affiliates. Again, this is a free app. So in order to take advantage of their free service, they're going to have to make money somehow and they're making it off of the data. So bottom line for the Monkey app, the App Store rates it as 12 plus and Google Play rates it T for teen. Brave Parenting's rating is just no, no. This app does not add any value to their life nor um, contribute to their growing character. While the app makers really want to foster these authentic face-to-face conversations, ultimately what's really happening is it's connecting with strangers and potentially predators. They truly aren't authentic because maybe they just connect more via text and DM and then maybe even on Snapchat. That's not where authentic conversations are going to occur. And a lot of these really are those social exchanges that are just shallow and brief. If we really want our children to engage in face-to-face conversation. There are so many people that surround them in their schools, sports, churches, neighborhoods, who that they can engage with face-to-face. And that brings us directly to our family focus today, which is the value of face-to-face interactions. So while the Monkey app, you know, seeks to do this, we as parents need to recognize that that it is a growing problem. You know, Monkey is just trying to provide a solution for this growing problem of lack of face-to-face interaction. Just consider a cafeteria in a public high school or even public middle school where they allow cell phones to be used during the lunch period. And there are a lot who do. Whereas 10 years ago, the cafeteria would be full of people and the sounds would rise up and there would have to be teachers and, and people moderating, hey, quiet down, you know, keep it down the laughter, all of that that would occur. And nowadays, that is not the case. There is a very hushed tone in the cafeteria. No one's really talking too much. There is some conversations, but it isn't getting loud because everyone's staring down at their own screen. Those who are introverts, maybe playing video games, even those who are extroverts, they're in the midst of maybe four or five different conversations while checking their social media, while while engaging in all these different digital ways. Not only that, but you know, on the perimeter of the room, every outlet is full of kids attached with charging cords to their phones because their phones have already lost their battery after half their day. When we think of this picture, when we imagine this, we say, oh man, this is where our kids interact. This is like the best place. Now granted, you might have some positive or negative memories from your own cafeteria experience. But what we know is those experiences are what builds resilience in us and how we cope. We learn 
how to have relationships with people. It is through those face-to-face interactions. So how can we as parents attempt the same task that Monkey is attempting, right, to foster authentic conversations and face-to-face relationships with a lot less of the risks to safety and privacy and morality that Monkey is doing? Well, let's consider some of the things that hinders face-to-face relationships and face-to-face conversations. So some simple ones could be location. Maybe you live far away or your your school district is, is very spread out and you can't easily access your friends. And it would require maybe a 20 or 30 minute drive in order for parents to drop you off in order to hang out. So that may be one reason why you don't have a lot of face-to-face interaction. Or it could be your age, obviously, if you're middle school age, you don't have your driver's license, you can't drive yourself. Could also be that you're more quiet or introverted and you just don't have a whole lot of friends in which to hang out with. I think this would also go into play where so many kids have just succumbed to this digital world where they would rather be on video games instead of outside playing or face-to-face interacting with friends. I know that I've heard from numerous parents where there's no kids in the neighborhood who are even willing to come out and play anymore because their parents allow so many different devices and, and screen time. Why would I bother going out and play when I can just play on my computer or on my phone or on my Xbox? And that seems a lot more fun. So these are some of the you know, hindering factors that our kids are facing when it comes to, hey, you want to hang out? You want to you know, spend some time together? So we need to help our children as their parents really encourage and engage in this face-to-face conversation because we know how healthy it is for their developing character and for them to know how to relate to other people in relationship. So here are a couple of ideas. First things, parents, you can start arranging weekend plans in advance. Even if your kids are a little bit older, middle school, high school age, it's not a bad idea to just suggest, hey, why don't you have a bunch of your friends over and We'll grill out, we'll cook food for you, and maybe you guys can hang out here, maybe you could swim, maybe you can watch a movie, you know, we could order maybe some pizza, whatever that looks like. Suggest that they are getting together with their friends. Open up your home to be that place. Or you can offer to take them, you know, hey, you want me to take you and all of your friends to the mall or to, you know, an amusement park or to see, you know, a ball game or some something that's going on in town. Hey, you want to bring your friends? This is a great way, especially when they're not driving themselves, to encourage that. Don't just let them sit home and engage over their phones, but find something that they can do together with their friends. Also, you can get them involved in local organizations, maybe maybe meet new friends, but also it's a great way for children to begin interacting with people they don't know. This is sort of an act of encouraging where they're getting to know new people and that helps them practice face-to-face conversations. So maybe they start volunteering at a local organization, maybe a food bank or an animal shelter. There's always going to be an adult there they're going to interact with, and that's a great way to help them build courage in speaking and communicating clearly with adults. Joining a sports team is another way. The great thing about sports is that there's no devices on the field or, you know, whatever sport they're playing on the court. There's no devices. There's no phones. So this is a great way to engage in face-to-face conversations and learn how to operate sort of under a coach or a boss. You could also do 
church groups or any other type of Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, any character building aspect of their life is great. Interacting face-to-face where they're not always holding a device or they're going to be expected to engage with others. These are great ways we need to be encouraging them to do this so that they can practice that verb of encouraging, not only to do it more so that they're meeting people in college, but so that when they get out into the workforce, they know how to communicate. They can talk to an adult, they can talk to a potential employer, as well as maybe they may have employees and they know how to communicate and encourage and build other people up as well. And it starts when they're young and it starts in your home. So you and your kids all together start encouraging each other, start practicing this verb and engaging in more face-to-face interactions because this is one character trait and benefit to their life that they will always be thankful for. All right, that brings us to the end of this episode. If you missed anything on the show or you want to learn more, you can find us online at braveparenting.net or you can shoot us an email at podcast at braveparenting.net for an in-depth look on how you can build strong character using the technology that kids love. Pick up a copy of our book, Managing Media, Creating Character, available on Amazon. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe if you're listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media and every child deserves a parent willing to set a new standard. Until next time, go and be brave.